you are now tuned into World War I Stories. I'm your host, Steve Matthews, here to guide you through the labyrinth of memories and tales from the war to end all wars. Each Tuesday and Thursday, we dive headfirst into the captivating stories of World War I. We will traverse the trenches, soar with the Red Baron, and witness the dawn of modern warfare. We'll recount tales of courage and sacrifice, of human endurance against the odds, and of a world forever changed. But our journey through history doesn't stop there. For those of you eager to continue the exploration, we invite you to check out our sister podcast dedicated to World War II, which explores the next dramatic chapter of global conflict. You can find the link in the description or head over to podhour.com ww1. In the cold winter of early 1917, the world was in the throes of one of its deadliest conflicts, World War I. From the muddy trenches of Western Europe to the icy waters of the Atlantic, nations were locked in a horrific struggle that seemed to have no end in sight. Thousands of miles away, the United States stood on the sidelines, committed to a policy of neutrality, even as the cries of the suffering echoed across the globe. At the heart of this struggle was Germany, wrestling to maintain its place as the world teetered on the brink of change. Arthur Zimmerman, the German Foreign Secretary, bore the weight of these global tensions, looking for a way to tilt the balance of the war in Germany's favor. This pivotal moment led to the birth of the Zimmerman telegram a secret message that would change the trajectory of the war and ripple through the annals of history. A world away, in a nondescript room in the heart of London, a team of British crypt analysts known as Room 40 were immersed in a silent, intellectual combat of their own. Unknown to them, they were about to uncover a message that would shake the world's political stage and decisively alter the course of the Great War. In this dramatic narrative, we invite you on a journey through the twisting tunnels of political strategy, secret communications, espionage, and global diplomacy. This is the story of the Zimmerman Telegram Interception, a saga that reveals how one coded message could change the world forever. Chapter 1 The Stage is Set As the dawn of 1917 broke, a chilling gust of winter wind seemed to echo the sentiments that had gripped the world. A globe at war was a world on the brink. Shadows of conflict stretched far and wide, casting a somber mood over even the grandest of capitals. Soldiers hunkered down in the muddy trenches of Europe while civilians at home bundled around radios, clinging to every word of news from the front lines. At the heart of the maelstrom, the leaders of the great nations were caught in a delicate dance. No figure was more emblematic of these tumultuous times than Kaiser Wilhelm II of Germany. The last German emperor, a man with a world-weary gaze and a quick temper, Wilhelm grappled with the challenges that lay ahead. His actions, driven by his fiery ambition and his fervent wish to see Germany emerge as the victor, made him a key player on this perilous stage. Across the English Channel, British Prime Minister David Lloyd George paced the halls of Downing Street. His hands had the weight of the United Kingdom and its sprawling empire on them. Known for his fiery speeches and iron will, Lloyd George found himself in a struggle of both brawn and brains. Every decision he made echoed not just in the chambers of Parliament, but in the trenches, the war rooms, in the hearts of the British people. 
Then there was Tsar Nicholas II of Russia, ruling a country on the edge of revolution. His was a world of opulent palaces and glittering court life, starkly contrasted against the backdrop of the grim reality of war and the rumblings of discontent among his people. The echoes of this tumultuous period reverberated through the grand halls of the Winter Palace, making the chandeliers tremble in unease. Half a world away, Woodrow Wilson, the President of the United States, wrestled with his nation's role in this global catastrophe. Wilson, a man known for his thoughtful demeanor and eloquent speeches, held a deep desire to keep the United States out of the European quagmire. Yet, the echoes of the war were becoming increasingly difficult to ignore, even across the vast expanse of the Atlantic. As these figures navigated the tumultuous sea of global politics, alliances shifted like sand beneath their feet. The world was indeed on the brink, but of what, no one could be certain. The only known was that decisions made in this period would shape the destiny of the globe, leading to outcomes as unpredictable as the path of a winter storm. And within this storm, seeds of conspiracy were beginning to sprout, hidden beneath the snow, waiting for their moment to bloom. In the vast expanse of the United States, far removed from the blood-soaked battlefields of Europe, life had a rhythm of its own. Bustling cities hummed with activity, farmers toiled in the fields, and children chased dreams in schoolyards. But even in this seeming tranquility, the distant drumbeats of war were not unheard. At the helm of this complex landscape was President Woodrow Wilson, a thoughtful scholar-turned-politician. With his rimless glasses and stern demeanor, Wilson was the embodiment of the American spirit resilient, principled, and guided by a steadfast belief in democracy. The clamor of European conflict was troubling, but Wilson was firmly anchored in his conviction to keep America on the shores of peace, to keep it neutral. In the hallowed halls of the White House, Wilson's daily routine was punctuated by meetings and briefings. News from the war was presented in stark black and white, but the implications were a troubling shade of gray. The pressure on the United States to enter the war was mounting. Allies pleaded, enemies threatened, but the president remained resolute. The weight of his decision bore down on him, the echo of his promise, he kept us out of war, ringing in his ears. Across the country, Wilson's decision found both applause and dissent. In the heartland, where families gathered around dinner tables and farmers worked the land, many were relieved. Their sons and daughters were safe from the ravages of a far-off war. However, on the East Coast, in the bustling cities and hallowed halls of power, voices of discontent began to rise. Industrialists, politicians, and even some everyday Americans questioned Wilson's refusal to join the Allies. The ocean that separated them from Europe was vast, but in an increasingly connected world, could America truly remain an island? In this tumultuous climate, the story of American neutrality was being written day by day, decision by decision. The stakes were high, and the consequences of each choice rippled across the world stage. Unbeknownst to Wilson, however, a stone was brewing that would test his resolve like never before. In a room in Berlin, plans were being hatched, a single telegram was being penned, a message that would shatter the quiet of American neutrality. In a dimly lit office in Berlin, a man hunched over a desk, 
his mind buzzing with plans and possibilities. This was Arthur Zimmerman, the German Foreign Secretary. A civil servant to the core, Zimmerman was unassuming in appearance. His neat suit, carefully trimmed mustache, and spectacles gave him the air of a diligent clerk rather than a chief architect of grand diplomatic schemes. Yet behind those glasses, his mind was a cauldron of ideas, always churning. As the winter of 1917 wore on, Germany's situation was becoming increasingly precarious. The ravages of war had left the country depleted, the morale of its people crumbling under the relentless pressures of the conflict. Zimmerman knew something needed to change, and fast. Night after night, Zimmerman worked in his office, surrounded by maps, reports, and an incessant ticking clock that seemed to echo the urgency of Germany's situation. As he navigated the labyrinth of global politics, he began to craft a daring plan, one that he hoped would bring an ally into the fight and disrupt the balance of power. His focus turned to the West, across the vast Atlantic, to the United States. With its industrial strength and burgeoning military, America was a sleeping giant. However, the giant was determined to stay asleep. President Wilson's stance on neutrality was well known and widely accepted, but Zimmerman, ever the strategist, saw an opportunity. If he could convince Mexico to provoke America, perhaps the giant would be distracted, giving Germany a much-needed breather. Zimmerman's scheme was bold, arguably reckless, and certainly fraught with risks. If discovered, it could spell disaster for Germany, driving America into the arms of the Allies. But if successful, it could change the course of the war. Zimmerman was aware of the gamble he was about to take. As he penned the coded telegram that would carry his proposal to Mexico, he couldn't have known that across the North Sea, a team of British cryptanalysts was about to play a hand in his high-stakes game of global poker. Chapter 2 The Birth of the Zimmerman Telegram With a chess player's intensity, Zimmerman examined the geopolitical board before him. His gaze fell on a piece that others might have overlooked, Mexico. It was a country with its own grudges against the United States, still smarting from the loss of Texas and other territories. He saw not just a country, but a potential ally in his high-stakes gamble. His plan was audacious in its simplicity. Zimmerman proposed a secret alliance between Germany and Mexico. Should the United States abandon its cherished neutrality and join the war on the side of the Allies, Mexico would declare war on the United States. This would not only force the U.S. to divert resources to defend its southern border, but it would also create a new front that the Allies would have to support. But what was in it for Mexico? The reward was tantalizing. If the central powers, Germany, Austria-Hungary, the Ottoman Empire, and Bulgaria won the war, Mexico would regain its lost territories of Texas, New Mexico, and Arizona. To a nation still nursing wounds from past losses, the proposition held a certain appeal. Zimmerman knew that his plan was risky. It was predicated on secrecy, on a delicate dance of diplomatic maneuvering. The telegram containing the proposal had to reach Heinrich von Eckhardt, the German ambassador in Mexico, without being intercepted. If the plan was exposed prematurely, it could spur the United States to join the war against Germany, 
the very outcome Zimmerman sought to avoid. So, in the dim light of his office, Zimmerman began drafting the telegram. He knew each word he wrote, each code he used, held the power to change the course of the war. The sense of urgency was palpable, the stakes colossal. The outcome was uncertain, but one thing was clear, Zimmerman's plan had taken the war from the muddy trenches and transformed it into a global game of strategy and suspense. As the shadows grew long in Zimmerman's office, the telegram that would make history was finally ready. Encoded in the complex system of the German diplomatic cipher, the message was a cryptic jumble of numbers. To the untrained eye, it was an indecipherable mystery, but to the right recipient, it would reveal a plan of audacious ambition. In the bustling heart of Berlin, the message was dispatched. Its journey was far from simple. It traveled via undersea cable to the American Embassy in Berlin, then across the vast Atlantic Ocean, finally arriving in Washington, D.C. This route was chosen because Germany's own transatlantic cables had been severed by the British at the beginning of the war. The audacity of Zimmerman's plan was such that he was relying on American neutrality not only to keep his message safe but to deliver it to its intended destination. As the telegram coursed through the undersea cables, there was a sense of unwitting participation among the operators. They were mere cogs in a machine, unaware of the import of the coded message they were transmitting. For them, it was just another set of numbers among many passing through their hands like sand through an hourglass. But as the telegram traveled under the icy waters of the Atlantic, unbeknownst to Zimmerman, the British intelligence had been discreetly monitoring the communications that passed along these cables. In a nondescript room in London known as Room 40, a group of crypt analysts were about to stumble upon the German foreign secretary's message. Zimmerman's plan was now no longer a secret to be passed across an ocean but a ticking time bomb waiting to explode on the world stage. Tucked away in London, Room 40 hummed with a quiet intensity. This was the heart of British naval intelligence, where a team of diligent crypt analysts worked around the clock, keeping a watchful eye on Germany's communications. Among them was Nigel de Grey, a man whose unassuming nature belied his sharp mind and tenacity. His keen eyes, always peering from behind spectacles that seemed perpetually perched on his nose, missed little. Inside room 40, the air was thick with the smell of hot tea and the sound of rustling paper. The room was filled with an eclectic collection of linguists, mathematicians, and naval officers, all working together with one goal to crack the German codes. It was a delicate task, requiring equal parts patience and ingenuity and despite their diligent efforts, successes were few and far between. But the mood in Room 40 shifted one winter day when the coded Zimmerman telegram landed on their desks. It was just one among the many messages they intercepted, but as the crypt analysts began to chip away at its coded shell, they realized this was no ordinary communication. What caught their attention was the unique prefix attached to the message. It indicated a high-level diplomatic communication, suggesting the content could be vital. The message was immediately given priority. Over the following days, de Grey and his team wrestled with the coded numbers, looking for patterns, probing for weaknesses. As they finally began to decipher the contents, 
the weight of Zimmerman's words hung heavy in the air. The implications were far-reaching, threatening to change the course of the war. The race was now on to fully decode the message, verify its contents, and navigate the delicate task of revealing this explosive information to the Americans without revealing their own intelligence capabilities. Unaware of these developments, Zimmerman had set in motion a chain of events that had quickly slipped beyond his control. Across the Atlantic, the United States still clung to its neutrality, unaware of the storm brewing in Europe, and of the message that was about to change its stance forever. Chapter 3 The Interception Within the maze of London's Admiralty Building, a hive of quiet activity buzzed in Room 40. This was Britain's secret weapon, a nondescript room filled with an exceptional group of cryptanalysts, mathematicians, and naval experts. They were the guardians of Britain's intelligence, decoding Germany's secrets from intercepted messages. Among these hidden heroes was Nigel de Grey, a soft-spoken man with a keen intellect and an uncanny knack for solving puzzles. To the outside observer, Room 40 might have appeared as an orderly chaos. Papers strewn about, people huddled over desks strewn with cryptic notes, and the continuous murmur of hushed conversations. Yet, beneath this seeming disorder was a finely tuned machine working with precision and purpose. When the Zimmerman telegram landed on de Grey's desk, it was met with equal parts curiosity and determination. The cryptanalyst saw not just a coded message but a challenge to be overcome. For days, he and his team pored over the enigmatic number sequences, slowly piecing together Zimmerman's explosive proposition. It was a race against time, a battle of wits against the German enciphering techniques. The atmosphere in Room 40 was electric as the team slowly unraveled Zimmerman's coded secret. The sense of triumph when the last piece of the puzzle fell into place was short-lived, replaced quickly by a dawning realization of the grave implications of the message. It held the power to draw the United States into the war, a scenario that would change the dynamic of the conflict drastically. The delicate task of handling this hot diplomatic potato fell onto the shoulders of the British Foreign Office. The British had to not only inform the Americans of the German ploy but also ensure that the source of the information was sufficiently masked. As the decoded message moved from Room 40 to the echelons of British political power, the war's course teetered on the edge of dramatic change. Unbeknownst to them, the men and women of Room 40 had played a pivotal role in steering the direction of the conflict. At the heart of Room 40, surrounded by scattered papers and half-drunk cups of tea, Nigel de Grey sat hunched over the mysterious telegram, his brow furrowed in deep concentration. He was a man on a mission. The challenge of decrypting the Zimmerman telegram was a formidable one, but it was precisely this type of puzzle that ignited de Grey's analytical mind. To decode the message, de Grey and his team employed a set of codebooks that had been captured from the Germans earlier in the war. The most valuable of these was the 0075 book, containing the cipher Zimmerman had used for his telegram. Despite having this advantage, the task was painstaking, with long hours spent analyzing and testing possible decryptions. The process was a test of patience and persistence. Each potential breakthrough was met with the sobering reality of another series of indecipherable codes. 
but de Grey was relentless, working tirelessly with the team through days and nights, fueled by the understanding that the stakes were high and the information they were trying to unearth could be of paramount importance. Slowly but surely, they began to see through the veil of numbers and into the mind of Arthur Zimmerman. The coded numbers started to transform into letters, and the letters into words. The message they revealed was both astonishing and alarming, outlining Germany's audacious proposal to Mexico. Once the message was fully decrypted, it was translated and quickly circulated among the top echelons of the British government. The sense of victory was quickly replaced by a new urgency. The next move was critical, they had to inform the Americans, but without revealing their hand. The decryption of the Zimmerman telegram was a turning point not just for the crypt analysts in Room 40, but for the entire war. The information they uncovered set in motion a chain of events that would reverberate across continents and alter the course of history. The discovery of Zimmerman's audacious plot presented a unique challenge for the British government. The room where decisions were made, usually bustling with debates and discourses, fell silent as the decrypted message was read. The Foreign Secretary, Arthur Balfour held the power to influence the course of the war with his next move. Balfour was a man of deep intellect and thoughtful deliberation. He recognized the immense significance of the decrypted message. It wasn't just about exposing Germany's devious plot, it was about trust, diplomacy, and the complex dance of international relations. The dilemma was real. He had to present the telegram to the Americans but without revealing Britain's ability to intercept and decode such communications. The weight of the decision rested heavily on his shoulders. He held meetings with his advisors, discussions marked by fervent debates and meticulous planning. The atmosphere in the room was tense, every word, every suggestion, every nuance weighed carefully. They knew that the revelation had to be handled delicately, like a game of chess. Each move was carefully strategized, each potential response anticipated. Balfour finally decided to inform the Americans through diplomatic channels, explaining that a mole in the German Foreign Office had leaked the information. As Balfour passed on the decoded Zimmerman telegram to the American ambassador, Walter Heinz Page, in London, the atmosphere was fraught with anticipation. The world held its breath waiting for the ripples of this monumental revelation to reach across the Atlantic. From the dimly lit rooms of Room 40 to the Grand Halls of Power, the Zimmerman telegram had set in motion a series of events that would change the course of the war. The decisions made behind the closed doors would reverberate far beyond the corridors of power, from London to Washington, from neutrality to war. Chapter 4. The Unveiling and Reactions in the spring-lit city of Washington, D.C., a storm was brewing. As the American ambassador to Britain, Walter Hines Page, received the decoded Zimmerman telegram, he knew he was holding a piece of history. Page, a seasoned diplomat and trusted confidant of President Woodrow Wilson, was faced with a monumental task. He had to bring the shocking revelation to the president, a revelation that had the potential to shatter America's stand on neutrality and plunge them into the cauldron of the Great War. President Wilson, a man deeply committed to keeping America out of the bloody conflict, had won his second term on the promise of neutrality. 
His dream of creating a peace without victory was now under threat. The telegram's revelation was a brazen assault on American sovereignty, and Wilson knew the public outrage could be uncontrollable. In the quiet calm of the Oval Office, Page presented the Zimmerman telegram to Wilson. The president's face, normally composed, tightened as he read the decoded message. His eyes held a mix of shock and grim determination. He was a man who cherished peace, but he also understood the harsh realities of political leadership. America's dignity and sovereignty were at stake. The weight of the decision was heavy, but Wilson was not a man to shy away from difficult decisions. He understood that American isolation was no longer a viable option. He had to prepare his nation, long cocooned in the comfort of neutrality, for the harsh realities of war. In the weeks that followed, Wilson made a series of public addresses, subtly shifting the public sentiment away from isolation and towards intervention. He was careful, he was diplomatic, but above all, he was a leader, preparing his people for the inevitable. When the Zimmerman telegram was finally released to the press, public outrage was immediate and fervent. The final vestiges of American neutrality crumbled as anti-German sentiment swept across the country. America was ready for war. The Zimmerman telegram, once a secret message traveling through the undersea cables, had successfully coaxed the sleeping giant. America was stepping into the Great War, changing the face of the conflict forever. The story of the Zimmerman telegram was no longer just a tale of espionage and coded messages. It was a testament to the power of information and the far-reaching consequences of a single decision. When the contents of the Zimmerman telegram hit the American newspapers, it landed with the impact of a thunderbolt. The press, once a bastion of stories touting American neutrality and peace, was now awash with headlines of German betrayal. In every newsstand, in every city, the people of America awoke to a reality that incensed and galvanized them. The public sentiment, until then oscillating between sympathy for the Allies and a desire for isolation, was inflamed. The carefully curated veil of neutrality began to tear apart as the news of Zimmerman's proposition to Mexico spread like wildfire. The American public was not just shocked, they were outraged. From the bustling streets of New York to the sun-drenched fields of California, anger coursed through the veins of the nation. They felt betrayed, their trust in the sanctity of international relations shattered. America's sense of safety, her detachment from the European conflict, had been undermined. On the streets, the outrage manifested in fervent anti-German sentiments. German businesses were boycotted, German music removed from concert programs, and German books taken off library shelves. Protests erupted across the country the stars and stripes flying high against a backdrop of impassioned speeches and patriotic fervor. At the heart of this nationwide indignation was President Woodrow Wilson. His task was no longer just about navigating international politics, he was faced with managing the volatile domestic reaction. As a leader, he needed to channel this surge of public emotion into a focused, national response. In a matter of weeks, the nation's mood had shifted drastically. The words of the Zimmerman telegram echoed in the minds of the American public, a constant reminder of a duplicitous proposal that sought to strike at their sovereignty. 
the fires of war, once distant, had been brought to America's doorstep. Neutrality was no longer a safe harbor, it was a bygone illusion. The path to war was now inevitable. The Zimmerman telegram had achieved what battles and blockades could not. America was roused, ready to enter the Great War. Back in Germany, Arthur Zimmerman faced the burgeoning crisis with a sense of grim resignation. As the news of the intercepted telegram rocked the international stage, he found himself in the eye of the storm. A man who had previously worked behind the scenes, drafting policies in the quiet of his office, Zimmerman was now thrust into a spotlight he neither sought nor desired. Zimmerman had hoped his daring plan would quietly unfold in the shadows of diplomatic intrigue, but he was now faced with a stark reality. The world knew of his proposition to Mexico, and it was met with vehement backlash. In Berlin, reporters from across the world jostled and clamored for Zimmerman's response. The atmosphere was electric, filled with speculation and anticipation. The German government, caught in the quagmire of its own creation, was on the defensive. Under the piercing gaze of the international press, Zimmerman made a choice that would leave historians puzzled for years. He admitted to the authorship of the telegram. His reasoning was steeped in the complex machinations of diplomacy. Zimmerman believed that by confirming the authenticity of the message, he would be able to control the narrative. He faced the press, the flurry of camera flashes illuminating his stoic face, and admitted, I cannot deny it. It is true. Zimmerman, who had so carefully crafted his plan behind closed doors, had now admitted to it on the world stage. His admission echoed across the globe, further igniting the anger of the American public and cementing their resolve to enter the war. Zimmerman, the quiet schemer, had become a central figure in the narrative of the Great War, his name forever etched in the annals of history, not as a cunning strategist, but as the architect of a plan that had backfired spectacularly. Chapter 5 The Domino Effect The United States Enters the War April 2, 1917 A Day of Reckoning In the Grand Hall of Congress, filled to the brim with senators, representatives, and dignitaries, a palpable tension hung in the air. President Woodrow Wilson, a man elected on the platform of peace, was about to make an address that would alter the course of American history. Wilson was no stranger to the power of words. He was an academic, a scholar, but more importantly, a leader. The man who had fought to keep America out of the conflict now found himself on the precipice of a decision that would commit his nation to the global conflict. Wilson ascended to the podium, his face a mask of determination. It is a fearful thing, he began, to lead this great peaceful people into war. His voice reverberated through the hall, the gravity of the moment not lost on those present. Every sentence, every word, seemed to etch itself into the hearts of his listeners. His address was a masterful blend of resolve and regret, of righteousness and reluctant necessity. It was no longer about defending European allies, it was about defending American honor, its principles, its people. In the aftermath of the speech, the nation rallied. The hesitant whispers of dissent were drowned by the collective cry for action. From city streets to the farmlands, people flocked to recruitment centers, 
their patriotic fervor sparked by the president's impassioned plea. News of America's entry into the war reached the battle-weary trenches of Europe, bringing with it a sense of renewed hope. The American troops, referred to as doughboys, were seen as saviors, their arrival a beacon of optimism in a world beleaguered by war. The Zimmerman telegram, once a tool of subterfuge, had now become a rallying point. It had stirred a nation from its neutrality, transforming the landscape of the Great War and setting America on the path of becoming a global superpower. In the end, the call to arms was not just a declaration of war, it was a proclamation of America's commitment to the ideals it held dear. In the days following Wilson's stirring speech, America morphed into a country on war footing. A wave of patriotic fervor swept across the nation, breaking down the last vestiges of resistance to entering the conflict. This was the moment of the U.S. mobilization, a colossal task that not only changed the gears of the economy but also the mindset of the populace. General John J. Pershing, a man of stern discipline and strategic acumen, was given the Herculean task of leading the American Expeditionary Forces. His challenge was not just leading the troops into battle, but also organizing an army that was woefully unprepared for the horrors of trench warfare. Training camps sprang up across the country, buzzing with fresh recruits eager to do their part. The sight of young men, marching in crisp uniforms, became commonplace, a symbol of America's newfound resolve. Their faces shone with determination and courage, a sharp contrast to the initial reluctance towards entering the war. The American industry, too, swung into action. Factories that once produced consumer goods now churned out artillery shells, machine guns, and warplanes. This was a time of transformation, where assembly lines became a lifeline for the troops in the muddy trenches of Europe. Women, too, played a crucial role in the war effort. With the men at the front, they stepped up to fill the vacant roles in factories and offices, showing their resilience and tenacity. Their contribution was not limited to the home front, as many served as nurses and volunteers, providing crucial support in the war effort. As the country braced for the Great War, mobilization touched every aspect of American life. The Zimmerman telegram had sparked a fire, and the U.S. mobilization was the response, a manifestation of a nation's collective will. It was a testament to the nation's strength and resolve, transforming the U.S. from a distant observer to a formidable player on the world stage. As the tides of war swirled across the battlefields of Europe, the impact of America's entry became evident. The American Expeditionary Forces, under the stalwart leadership of General Pershing, arrived on European shores, injecting fresh vigor into the weary Allied forces. In the muddy trenches and bomb-cratered fields, the American doughboys brought more than just additional manpower. They brought hope, their youthful energy and relentless optimism a bomb to the hardened soldiers of the Allies. The American entry was not just a military maneuver, it was a morale boost, a signal that the tide of war was beginning to turn. On the battlefield, the American forces proved their mettle. Their resilience in the face of the brutal trench warfare, their courage under the constant barrage of artillery fire, altered the dynamics of the conflict. Their most significant contribution came during the Second Battle of the Marne in July 1918, 
where their spirited defense helped halt the final German offensive. The American troops, unmarred by years of relentless warfare, brought a level of energy and persistence that revitalized the Allied cause. Their presence helped tip the balance of power, forcing the Central Powers to fight on another front and stretching their resources thin. The tide of war had turned. The Central Powers, beleaguered and resource-drained, were losing ground. The war machine that Zimmerman had hoped to delay with his audacious plan was now in full force, driving the Germans back. The Zimmerman telegram had brought America into the war, and its involvement was instrumental in turning the tide in favor of the Allies. In a twist of irony, Zimmerman's gambit to keep America out of the war had brought the very force he hoped to delay into the fray, accelerating the end of the war and ushering in a new era in global politics. Chapter 6 The Legacy of the Zimmerman Telegram As the final days of 1918 dawned, the war-torn landscapes of Europe bore the scars of the Great War. Yet, amid the rubble and ruin, a glimmer of hope emerged. The war was nearing its end. The relentless push by the Allied forces, bolstered by American strength, had brought the Central Powers to their knees. In November of that year, the world held its breath as German officials and the Allied representatives boarded a train for a secluded location in the forest of Compiègne, France. The objective was clear, negotiate the terms of an armistice, marking the end of a conflict that had ravaged the globe for over four years. Among the attendees was General Ferdinand Foch, a man of stern disposition and an unwavering commitment to his cause. As the supreme commander of the Allied forces, Foch had seen the horrors of the war firsthand. Now, it was his responsibility to ensure a lasting peace. The negotiations were intense the weight of the task imbuing each word with profound significance. After days of back and forth, the terms were agreed upon. On the eleventh hour, of the eleventh day, of the eleventh month, the armistice was signed, and the guns fell silent. The Great War had come to an end. News of the armistice rippled across the globe, met with a mix of jubilation and somber reflection. In America, President Wilson addressed the nation, his words capturing the relief and hope of a people who had sacrificed much. The U.S., once a bystander, had played a crucial role in ending the conflict and now found itself standing on the world stage, its global role forever changed. The Zimmerman telegram, the spark that had drawn America into the war, had indirectly expedited the end of the conflict. The war's end was not just a ceasefire, it was a monumental shift in the world order setting the stage for America's emergence as a dominant global power. In the heart of London, within the covert chambers of Room 40, the war had been fought on a different front. It was here, amid stacks of intercepted messages and complex codebooks, that a new kind of warfare had been born, cryptanalysis. This unassuming room, populated by a motley crew of linguists, mathematicians, and naval officers, had become the epicenter of a silent but vital battle. Among them was Captain William Hall, a man of keen intellect and razor-sharp instincts. It was his insightful leadership that had guided the team in their cryptographic endeavors, ultimately leading to the deciphering of the Zimmerman telegram. Their success had not been immediate. It was a painstaking process, 
marked by countless hours spent deciphering and analyzing cryptic messages, often running into dead ends and frustrating complications. But the team's perseverance eventually paid off, marking a pivotal point in the history of intelligence and espionage. The work done in Room 40 laid the groundwork for modern cryptanalysis. The techniques developed and refined by the team were the precursors to modern methods of breaking codes and ciphers. The story of their triumph over the Zimmerman telegram became a symbol of intellectual victory, a testament to the power of analysis and deduction in a world consumed by physical warfare. This cryptographic accomplishment transcended the war. It set the stage for the establishment of organizations dedicated to cryptanalysis and signals intelligence, including America's National Security Agency, NSA, and the United Kingdom's Government Communications Headquarters, GCHQ. In a sense, the Zimmerman telegram was the genesis of modern cryptanalysis. It demonstrated the immense value of intelligence in warfare, shifting the focus from merely physical strength to intellectual prowess. In the end, the legacy of Room 40 and the Zimmerman telegram echoed beyond the confines of the war, forever changing the landscape of international security and intelligence. As the final echoes of the Great War faded into the annals of history, the reverberations of the Zimmerman telegram continued to resonate. The intricate web of intrigue, espionage, and strategic blunders had changed the course of the war and the trajectory of the world beyond it. In the realm of international relations, the telegram's interception and disclosure had profound effects. America, initially a neutral observer, was thrust onto the world stage. The U.S.'s entry into the war marked the beginning of its ascension as a global superpower. President Woodrow Wilson, once a staunch advocate of neutrality, emerged as a leading figure in the crafting of the post-war world, playing a pivotal role in the establishment of the League of Nations. Simultaneously, the telegram had lasting effects on Germany. The revelation of the telegram's contents, followed by Zimmermann's astonishing admission, had dealt a blow to Germany's image on the international stage. In the aftermath of the war, Germany was faced with harsh reparations and territorial losses, sowing the seeds of discontent that would eventually lead to the rise of the Third Reich. Yet, the echoes of the Zimmermann telegram resonated most profoundly in the world of cryptography and intelligence. The successful interception and decryption of the telegram marked a defining moment in the development of cryptanalysis. Room 40, once a little-known unit, had demonstrated the power of intelligence as a weapon in warfare. This feat catalyzed the evolution of modern cryptanalysis and intelligence agencies altering the face of warfare and diplomacy forever. Today, the Zimmerman telegram stands as a testament to the power of information and intelligence in shaping world events. It reminds us of the intricate chess game that is international relations, where a single misstep can alter the course of history. In the end, the Zimmerman telegram is more than a historical event, it's a reflection of the complex interplay of strategy, communication, and the power of information in our world.